Welcome to Leading to Sales. My name is Brett Williams. I will be your host. And today I'm very excited. I've got a good friend of mine that I actually met through another good friend of mine, Justin Michael, um, who a lot of you guys know. And her name is Christina and she leads growth marketing at a company called Interseller. Um, and I've seen some of the numbers of the growth that Interseller is having and, and she's obviously doing something right. And one of the things that she has really helped Interseller and a lot of other people do is really hone in their outbound outreach, specifically around cold email marketing. And so Christina created an amazing training called Outbound Fire, and I'm sure at some point we'll talk about it today. And with the methods that she is teaching in Outbound Fire from straight cold email, and I know this is almost unbelievable. Well, you know what? I'm not going to go through all the results right now. We'll wait and we'll let her talk about some of the results. I have seen them, uh, screenshots of these results firsthand. And so we will have her go through some of the results that, that she has been seeing that are absolutely amazing. But with that, we'll be right back right after this. Welcome to the Leading to Sales podcast. Every week, we're bringing you leadership, sales, and marketing strategies to help you move your business forward. Here's our host, internationally known sales and marketing leader, Brett Williams. Hey, hey, Christina, how's it going? Hey, hey, Brett, I got to get with you on those intros, man. Wow, that was nice. I was vibing with hey, the music, everything. We got to hype it up a little bit. You know, I think I might need to like start having commercial breaks throughout the show sometimes. <laughs> Why not show off some of that marketing muscle, right? That's it. That's it. Um, so how have things been going in uh, the great 2021 for you? We're like a weekend operationally to 2021. And I feel like I, uh, I'm renewed, right? I've been heads down doing a lot of strategic work and yeah, I'm kind of excited. I think this year, um, everybody's been picking their, their word for 2021. Um, yeah. and a lot of what I've been kind of, uh, saying is our word is evolutionary. There you go. So, okay. Yeah. I think well, it's going to be a good year. Tell me about that. The evolutionary. What, what do you mean? That that's, that's not a path I was planning on going down, but let, I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, I think, you know, last year to me was all about adapting, right? Um, yeah. We were all trying to figure out, like, how do we pivot? How do we shift? How do we adapt? And I think, you know, at this point, most people are kind of settled into kind of the new norm. I hate using that because I think that's yeah. used a lot. But yeah. um, I think this year is more like, okay, cool. Now let's just elevate again, yeah. right? Um, and so that's where I think evolutionary comes into play. Uh, plus. I have some hefty personal goals and Interstellar has some hefty goals as far as growth goes. And again, I just think it's going to be evolutionary. I agree. You know, what's funny is um, we're in the process of putting together, uh, and this is not a plug at all, but this we're in the process of putting together some new product sets to help some of the clients that we're looking for. And one of the things that we're doing, and this is trademarked for anybody who asks, um, <laughs> <laughs> we're putting together the missing link system. So you said evolu evolutionary and I was like, yeah. oh, okay. The missing link. There we go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you've got uh, a long background in marketing and, and you've done a lot with Interseller here in the past, in the past couple of years that you've been with them. So tell us about where you came from, where you've been, where are you going type of thing? Oh man. Yeah. Well, I mean, my path has been anything but linear. I think at this point, 
um, you know, uh, just keeping it short and sweet. I was on active duty in the military as a medic for four years. I got out, went back to school, got the HR degree, started and really cut my teeth in, in more of the what I would call civilian professional world in recruitment. So I actually spent the first five, six years of my career post-military in recruiting before I made a switch to content marketing and what I would call the dark side, recruiting tech versus being actually a recruiting practitioner. So um, I've been in content marketing, which is really where I, I cut my teeth and where I really enjoy kind of you know the marketing side uh, the most. Um, but I've also done full stack marketing at a couple of different startups. I pivoted to an AE role for a year as an experiment and came back to growth marketing. That's so awesome. You know what I love about that? And I remember whenever you and I first met, you talked about how you had spent time in an AE role. Yeah. And if you're a marketer and you've not spent some sort of time in sales, I feel like you're doing yourself a huge injustice. So what motivated you to do that? You know, I don't know if it's the stage of my life <laughs> or what it is. Um, I just, I don't believe in traditional norms. I don't think you need to follow a, a set path, um, you know, uh, against kind of what society says you need to do, you know, yeah. kind of the same adage of like, you got to go to college and then you date someone and then you get engaged and then you get married and buy a house and have kids. You know, I think eh, out with that. Um, <laughs> let's do things ass backwards. There you <laughs> and go. I think I was at a point where I wanted to do things that moved me and I felt compelled. I was at a startup, um, you know, part of a three person go to market team. It was myself, a head of sales and a head of customer success. And I was bringing in leads and I wanted to own them. I felt this sense of ownership. And so I said, look, I wanna start demoing. Uh, and so I started demoing and I realized that I actually really enjoyed it. So I think it was a really good experience to do that for a year um, yeah. and really understand how both marketing and sales really should work together. Um, so absolutely, if anyone has the opportunity to do that, great. Yes. But if they're not in a position to just jump careers, um, <laughs> at least like get to a point where you're sitting on demos, listening to demos, um, understanding the verbiage that's coming from prospects and customers' mouths. It is so true. It's you know, it's you, you've probably I don't know if you've heard my rants before on <laughs> on any of anytime Justin Michael is you know I'm on something or or my rants on LinkedIn. But I think there's I know especially in the corporate world there's such a gap between yeah. sales and marketing. And here's the thing that bothers me is it's not just a gap uh, being a sales oriented marketer. It's not just a gap. It's almost like an adversarial relationship. And I'm like, you're shooting yourself in the foot. So, uh, you know, after spending that time, what did you learn? What did you learn that has helped you bridge the gap? Yeah. I mean, listen, I think I mean, there's quite a few lessons that I kind of learned from that. Um, you know, being a good copywriter doesn't mean that you can do really good sales comms. Um, there's definitely some transition going from marketing comms to sales comms. I think there's some good blend there, but definitely uh, some differences. But I think the biggest thing I learned is that we really should have a common goal. And what I mean by that is, you know, I think I say this in every interview and I'm probably sickening people who follow me around, but um, I have a sticky note on my desk and it says drive revenue, not MQL. So I'm not really, again, concerned with kind of the traditional marketing norms. I want to get meetings booked. 
right? That's the end all goal. I want to get more conversations that are qualified for our sales team. And so I think if you have that joint drive, that's what they want. That's what you want to help them do. Yes. Alignment kind of happens. <laughs> you know, I think what I have seen in the organizations that have done this the best is when the number one, when you've got quality marketing, that means you're actually driving quality leads because that's, yeah. you know, garbage in, garbage out. But when you can help the sales team from the marketing team see the revenue and frankly, the commission that they're earning yeah. from the work that the marketing team is doing. And then they all of a sudden, I mean, if, if you can show direct correlation of that and show them, you know, if you will help them follow the bouncing ball, if it's there, yeah. then all of a sudden it's like sales is like, okay, well now what do I need to do to help marketing do better to help me close more deals? Cause that's really what the bottom line is. Cause the rest of it's just frou-frou. <laughs> it is. Um, and you know, it's not all about building marketing collateral and it's not all about, you know, needing to do again, what traditional marketing kind of, you know, forces us into believing we need to just continue to hound. Um, I think what's been really important too is, you know, sales development falls under growth marketing here. And so there's a really close line uh, that kind of flows full circle between marketing, sales development, and then our AEs. Um, and we treat our AEs as individual stakeholders just as much as we do collective stakeholders. So, you know, myself, I have one SDR on the team now. We're going to be growing that. Um, we have conversations with the AEs individually all the time. And they have certain things that they like too. And sometimes, you know, hey, okay, you want me to remind them two hours before a meeting? No problem. Yeah, let's yeah. do that. Um, it's just about like not building uh, an unnecessary wall between yourself yeah. and, and the person on the other side, right? Yes, that's so true. And it's, it comes down to communication. I mean, that's really what it comes yes. down to. I mean, I think yeah. that's the, the basis of all of it. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. And before I forget, thank you for your service. I know that that's oh. I've got family members that have served and that's, uh, that is not an easy thing to do regardless of, of what, what specific job you're doing while you're there. So thank you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I had a good um, time. I can't, I can't complain. <laughs> That's my brother would not say the same thing and he may be tuning in. I don't know, but <laughs> he did not have as much of a good time, but well, that's, that's not for here. Um, so tell us a little bit about Interstellar. So I, I've kind of checked yeah. out some stuff, but tell us a little bit about what Interstellar does and, and what kind of stuff that Interstellar is able to help the market with. Yeah. So just simply put, Interstellar is a prospecting and outreach platform for recruiters and sellers. Um, really, our hyper focus is on recruiting teams, both externally and internally. But again, when you think about data finding and email automation, um, <laughs> just inherently, we have quite a few sellers that use the platform as well. So yeah, it's a pretty good, interesting mix, but we've been around for about four years. Um, we are growing really well. I think we doubled our staff, more than doubled our staff last year alone. Nice. Congrats. Um, In the yeah, midst of a global pandemic. Right. <laughs> a little, a little nerve wracking at the same time, but, um, yeah, we've got big things in store. We're doing a lot of new, um, new feature releases and some pretty big ones this year. So I'm pretty excited about that. Nice. Okay. So it's primarily really based around the sales and recruiting automation or automa automating as much as you can of that process, right? 
Correct. Yeah. So, you know, we basically integrate directly with LinkedIn, GitHub, AngelList, um, Indeed resumes, all the top sources where you could find um, either candidates or prospective clients. And then we basically empower you to look up contact information. So personal emails, work emails, and or direct dials. And then we within two clicks, you're already emailing them through an email sequence you've built. And it's already syncing to over 25 different ATSs and CRMs. That's awesome. Now yeah. you all have had some amazing, amazing growth at Interseller. And a lot of that has to do with using your own tool. You're kind of, you know, taking your own medicine, if you will, right? Yeah. I mean, listen, there's this element of, I guess, eating your own dog food. I hate that analogy, but people use it. <laughs> um, I think it was on a website for a company I worked for, I don't know, back in 2016 and people still talk about it. But yeah, um, you know, I think to say that I was kind of a super user coming in the door um, is kind of uh, an understatement. I probably <laughs> use the tool the most yeah. Um, and then from there, you know, you kind of start to to build and test different methods and figure out what your A framework is. And so that's what the Outbound Fire framework work is kind of built off of. Yeah. So tell us some about this Outbound Fire framework, because I know what the numbers are. I've experienced some of the numbers. Um, I'm still tweaking a couple of things on my side, but that's on me, not on Christina. Um, <laughs> so tell us, tell us about the Outbound Fire framework that you use at Interstellar and that you're teaching people how to use? Yeah. So first, I just want to say, because I think, you know, there's a lot of, I don't want to say pollution. It's very noisy out there when it comes to this template works or this method works, or you should be cold calling or no, you should be doing LinkedIn only. Um, And I think what's important to remember is that there is no silver bullet, right? Um, And I think what's really important about having kind of a marketing mindset is that you should be testing. Right. And you should be testing against, you know, 50 to 100 prospects and then looking at data and making an inference about whether or not it actually is driving you to your goals. Right. Um, So I just want to like, that's like my disclaimer that I always put out. (laughs) But I also at the same time really believe in the outbound fire framework because I've seen it be successful here at Interstellar. I've seen it be successful with multiple salespeople, recruiters. Um, out in the the wild, probably about, I think I have over 100, 150 people who have purchased the course and have ran through it that I've been working with and have had some really good results. So that's exciting. Um, but basically what the FIRE framework is, FIRE is an acronym and okay. it stands for, you know, fixing your mindset. So it's equal parts mindset shift around how you really think about sales outreach and what that should look like. Because we're all taught that we need to have relevancy, that we need to spell out that relevancy, that we need to talk about our product, service, why we're reaching out, who we are, all in this rich email that's probably you know a narrative, a, a long novel. And then um, you're told and, to keep it short. And then you're told to keep it short. And it's like, <laughs> oh, crap. How do I do that? Um, it's actually about completely flipping that on its head. So the entire framework really has zero mention of the product, the service that you're selling. It has no mention of the value prop. Really what it banks on is that you've got your targets right, right? You know who you want to reach out to and that's the relevancy, right? Those are the people that you want to reach out to and that your website 
because they're probably going to click on that in your signature, um, is also on point. It's very clear what you do when someone lands there, right? Right on the homepage. So those two people, those two things exist. What ends up happening is that people do their own research <laughs> and then they connect the dots themselves. You don't even have to do it. So when they reply back to you, it usually factors in that context. They yeah. know why you're reaching out. You don't have to spell it out for them. So it's a mixture of email, mixture of LinkedIn, LinkedIn voice messages, and it's supposed to be a multi-channel approach. See, and that's, I, again, if you've heard any of my rants on in various channels, I am such an omni-channel person. Yeah, like, me too. Anytime I'm talking to a client when it comes to their marketing strategy, I'm like, if you're not literally omnipresent, then you will be forgotten. I mean, people have less of, yes. less of an attention span than a goldfish anymore. I sometimes have less of an attention span than a goldfish. So I know my clients do. <laughs> so tell us, you know, a little bit more because I have you've you've had this course out for a while. Yep. Um, and you were when you launched this course, you had used it personally, you know, in the recruiting industry. Have you seen it pretty much apply across industries and across, you know, different applications? I have. Um and that's the exciting part is, you know, I kind of went out on a whim. I remember talking to Justin Michael, who is one of my mentors, and he was like, Christina, you should like launch a course on this. You've got like a niche thing and it's working. And I'm like, ah, yeah, but what if it doesn't work for people outside of like recruiting sales, right? Yeah. Um, recruiters are super active on LinkedIn most of the time. And so it's sometimes easy to find research to infuse. Yeah. Um, but with that said, there's so much more to research that people don't really dig into and dig into effectively. And then they get in these rabbit holes and then they're like, oh crap, I just spent way too much time trying to personalize this with zero ROI. Yeah. Well, realistically, you could be reaching out to CIOs in like, you know, enterprise level companies. And I see people having success using the framework there. Um, there's just an order of prioritization when it comes to your research, if that person's not active. So yes, short and sweet, kind of not really. Um, <laughs> no, that's good. It, it does. It works across multiple industries, multiple ICPs and targets. So let's talk a little bit about the results because we have yeah. not talked about the numbers and I don't know for anybody else, but if you've ever done traditional cold email campaigns, yeah. typically your, your, I don't want to call it an ROI because whatever, but typically your response rate and meetings booked are abysmal, like, and that's giving it a little bit of credit. So yeah. what you're talking about is a multi-channel approach using email, really LinkedIn uh, in a couple of different facets, no cold calling, no. right? No cold calling in the outbound yeah. fire framework. So tell me about some of the results that you're seeing and, and buckle up people. Cause I don't think you're ready for this. <laughs> Oh, let me, let me take a little step back. So okay. when I first started doing outbound, right, this is coming from marketing over to sales. Um, I wrote really great marketing esque type of sales campaigns and, you know, got a one to 2% conversion to booked meetings, which is actually pretty good yeah. from what I've noted against industry averages. Yep. As soon as I made this tweak and figured out that this outbound buyer framework works, um, I doubled down on that. And what it really is, is a quality over quantity approach, right? So yeah. just for example, I'm looking at my numbers right now. I reached out to 280 
target accounts in Q4. So we're not talking high, high volume, maybe multiple prospects over that time period from the same account. And we usually tend to average around 75 to 80% plus open rates, yep. which I really don't care about unless, you know, further metrics aren't there. Yeah. Um, but the kicker is that 30% plus reply rate <laughs> and a 10% booked meeting rate, sometimes higher. I've had some campaigns that have ended up uh, yielding a 25% booked meeting rate. Granted, I may have only reached out to 40 people, Yeah, but it was such a huge return and you're starting quality conversations. You know, you've already kind of set the bar for what, for us, especially like what our product can do and the kind of relationship that we're trying to build with people. So yes. yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, my SDR right now, Erica, if she's watching, love her, she's doing freaking fantastic in month three. Um, she's booked four meetings this week back with our target accounts already. That was as of, I think, yesterday or maybe even Tuesday, um, so awesome. just off the framework. So And see, you know, here's here's what the difference is. And I'm going to go off screen here for a second to grab something. Do it. Let's hope I don't, I can balance this. I'm going to take a drink of water. Yeah, no, this is the danger of having books piled on your desks when you're a reader like I am. This book right here, in my opinion, and you can't probably can't read that. It is John Maxwell, Everyone Communicates, Few Connect. To me, this is the difference in the outbound fire framework versus any other cold email framework because everyone's communicating. Everybody's getting blasted with emails. And I've been through Christina's course. This is not, you know, I'm not talking about theory. I've been through Christina's course. This is the difference maker because you're connecting more than anything else. And so then the conversation naturally flows. Yep. Even if it's not, uh, not right now. So, I mean, is that what you're seeing? That I'm so glad you brought that up because that was going to be my next point is that, you know, listen, I've written outreach before and sometimes you just get people who are having a bad day and you get the F offs. Um, we've all, <laughs> we've all got, if you've not gotten an F off, I don't think you've done enough cold outreach. Yep. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I digress. Um, <laughs> it's so true. You're following this framework though. I'll tell you, if I look at the stats, no one subscribes. And most of the time when you do get no's, they're what I would classify as insightful no's. And so it's usually something like, oh, Christina, I really appreciated that. We just implemented a sourcing and outreach platform uh, at the end of 2020, uh, but really appreciate your approach, you know, stay in touch. And it's like, okay, great. Now I know in probably three to six months, I wanna check in and see how that's yielding results for them. Yeah. So again, you're getting kind of insightful no's that either give you some sort of intelligence about what the market's doing, that's one, or it gives you some sort of intelligence around when to re-engage properly. Yeah. So that's that's what we're seeing. I would love, and we don't have to get in, uh, if you're, if, and a lot of our, a lot of the people that tune in here will tune in later. They're, they're yeah. in the course of doing their day right now, so they catch us later. But if you're interested or and you want more information on this, go to the link below, teachable.com slash outbound fire framework, and you will see the courses available. So we're not gonna go, we're not gonna have the course or even an abbreviated version of the course here on this live. But I would love to hear some about how the outbound fire framework was born. 
Um, okay, sure. I mean, I think if I really go back to that, um, I was drawing some inspiration from Beck Holland, you know, okay. and some of the other really amazing SD, SDR like leaders out there. Yep. Um, and I saw something about reverse engineering based on LinkedIn content. And I was like, huh, that sounds really freaking interesting because now I can stop just using personalization tokens like first name, company name, and maybe I can actually talk about something that people are posting. Yep. So I had this kind of epiphany and I was like, okay, I'm putting this sequence together tonight. I'm going to go try to find posts. Um, and so the way that this kind of started out in the beginning was a little bit of a different approach, which was I was following hashtags that were relevant to my industry, or I was searching keywords in the search bar on LinkedIn and looking at content specifically, because those two things yield different results, by the way. Yeah. Um, and then I was looking for what I would consider viral posts about a topic that I knew my target audience would be engaging with. And then what I would do is I would take an entire post. Um, so for example, uh, someone had posted, the, in fact, this was where it was born. Someone had posted that if you are on the market right now, this was right when the pandemic started. I hate to say that, but um, if you are looking for a new job, you should never ever work with an external recruiter or a recruiting agency. And it was an internal recruiter that said it, right, um, from Amazon. And so, of course, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> All the external recruiting leaders are going to pile on there and be like, no, you're full of crap. And yeah. so I literally that night prospected in like 40, 45 people. And by the next morning, next day, like 12 hours later, I was at like a 10, 15% conversion rate. And by the time it ended, it was a 20 to 25% booked meeting rate. And I was like, okay. I got to figure out how to do more of this and be comfortable with not reaching out to hundreds of people and reaching out to very small pockets of people. So yeah. it all started that way. Um, but then after that all happened, we've gotten to the point now that, you know, we have our target accounts. We know who we're hunting. And so we, we really go to the account level, to the decision maker level, and then start looking at their activity first. Yeah. 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 So tell me about, um, you, you actually, I think you did a video on this just a couple of days ago. You, you know, in the recruiting industry there, like you said, there's a very high LinkedIn utilization rate. So yeah. tell me about some of the recommendations that you have for those industries that may not have such a high LinkedIn utilization rate. Yeah. So this, and honestly, Brad, this is probably the one question I get the most. Oh, well, this is great, Christina, but None of my people that I reach out to are on LinkedIn. Like they have LinkedIn profiles, but who the heck knows what they're up to? And so I do. I have a huh, someone asked where I train jujitsu. I'll answer that later, Chris. Oh, um, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, hit, um, we'll hit that for sure. We'll, we'll hit that. Uh, but anyway, so uh, I have an order of prioritization, and it's basically four layers deep. Okay. So if you have your target accounts right? And you know who you want to reach out to, and you've got your person, the first, the cream of the crop is to look at their activity, right? Their recent activity, specifically what they've posted, right? Yes. It could be sharing an article from HBR, like it doesn't matter. Um, something that you could potentially call out in your email. 
if that doesn't exist, because that definitely happens sometimes, um, then I start looking at, okay, well, what are they commenting on? Is it a Gary V post that I could call out, right? Yeah. Um, is there something they're engaging with? If none of that exists, I go to the company LinkedIn page. What, you know, a, award season just happened. So what yeah. awards have they won recently? What blogs is the company putting out that I can maybe infuse into my outreach? If that doesn't exist, then you go to the company website. If that doesn't exist, then I usually do like a Google News kind of search to see if there's any press releases or recent announcements that might be notable. Um, And so those are my four. And it sounds like a lot, but the more you do it, the quicker you get. And if you stick to those four very quickly, you don't go in this rabbit hole of, digging, 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 digging. You run through those four and then you're like, okay, none of this exists. I'm dropping them into more of my generic outreach, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that yeah. makes total sense. That's um, how long uh, on your, you know, because we've got, a, we do have a lot of business development leaders who are yeah. tuned in here. Um, and I'm sure, and I put in the, on the screen here, if you've not connected with Christina on LinkedIn, um, go do that because if you are a business development leader and you have a, team of sales reps and AEs, I am sure that Christina can arrange outbound fire training uh, access for your team. Um, But when you're seeing from a time commitment, because that's one of the things that I, that I hear from a lot of sales leaders is okay. Yeah, that's great. But I don't want my sales team spending hours and hours and hours doing research. So what are you seeing from, from that? What kind of time period should be, should be expected per lead? Well, so here's what I think about. Um, and let me give you some real tangible numbers. Cause again, I'm three months into leading an SDR team. Right. Uh, and I say team, it's one person, but still, still it's still a team. Um, yep. and the so two of I you are a team. <laughs> the two of us are a team. So here's some raw data for you. Um, so, you know, she has goals, right? The goals all are tied to booked meetings. Yep. Now with that said, um, Erica's working somewhere between 150 to 200 target accounts at any given time and continuing to kind of cycle through that, replace them, that sort of motion. Mm-hmm. Um, we've set goals for her to hit between 15 to 18 booked meetings per month. And we're targeting specifically, or I have her targeting specifically what I would classify as like mid-market okay. recruiting firms, right? Um She's exceeding that goal. She hit, she exceeded that goal in December, which is a crappy month. So, I mean, just to kind of give you some sense there, she's not doing any cold calling. She's doing a lot of researching. She's doing a lot of manual tasks like LinkedIn voice messages and some of the things that do take more time. But if the outcome's there, yeah, it's worth it. So here's, here's what I usually end up pressuring or, um, you know, pushing business development leaders to do. If you want to test those things, but there's some sort of downward pressure around the culture and the drivers for what success looks like for your team, and you feel like you're not going to get buy-in, dedicate one person for a portion of time to test that process and have data and then go get buy-in. Yeah. I, I listen, I, I really believe it works, but yes, I do get that pushback a lot and I get it. Yeah. Um, but if the outcome's there, it's about driving towards the right goals. It's, it's you know, yeah. 
if if you have a and this is where I think a lot of people can, can very easily I won't say a lot of people. There are a lot of leaders that can sometimes get they can't see the trees for the forest sometimes. Yep. And the, when the end goal is revenue, any business development activity, your end goal should be revenue in one way or another. And it's not always a direct, you know, if you will, bouncing ball, but the end goal should be revenue. And so if that's the end goal, the question then has to become, what are you tracking? Because people will perform to what you track. And so exactly. I think that's, you know, that's what you're seeing. So what are you, what have you seen, you know, now that we're kind of coming out of 2020 and yep. we've, you've, you've been using this outbound fire framework and I, I say 2020, like 2020 was an event. It seems like <laughs> it we're moving toward going out of a, of a pandemic mode, kind of. <laughs> and I, There's a lot of disclaimers there, a lot of asterisks there. It is what it is. But it seems like we're eventually at some point going to see a day without a pandemic. What are you seeing in the future for growth marketing as a whole, for the recruiting industry? What are you seeing as we're moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think this year, um, what we're already kind of noticing and what I'm noticing is that, again, it kind of goes back to the beginning of our conversation where we were talking about our word, my word for 2021 being evolutionary. I know it sounds really fancy, but, you know, last year, again, everybody was kind of figuring out how to adapt, how to pivot. And then by the time like the holidays came, we were all just tired. Nobody really wanted to commit to anything. We all just wanted to have this holiday break. Um, and I say all of us. I know there's some of you out there who were hustle, hustle, hustle. And I get it. I appreciate it. I love it. But the majority, the majority <laughs> of folks were like, crap, let's just get to this new year. Right? And at some point, we almost dropped dead in certain ways. And so, and that's kind of, I, I probably shouldn't have used that analogy. That was a little insensitive and I apologize, but um, we all sort of like dropped, dropped out, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're like, okay, peace until 2021 when I'll have this renewed sense of energy. Yes, exactly. Um, but that's happening. Yeah. People are warmer already. And it, it, it may be a Q1 thing. It may, that trend may go out of style by the time Q2 runs around, but I think overall, like now's the time to be trying creative approaches to get in front of people because I'm noticing that people are more willing to have conversations right now. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. I think we're all going through that. My wife called it pandemic fatigue. Yes, um, that's probably more appropriate than what I said. So no, it's I mean it's I'm talking about like people are are longing for connection now. Even leaders. Here's and here's something I I was thinking about this the other day. Uh, it was a little, I think it was yesterday or the day before I was thinking about the fact that we have to remember whether you're in a marketing area or, or in a direct outbound sales area that the people that we're reaching out to are humans. And mm -hmm. so they are experiencing a lot of the same things that we're all experiencing. And we're all to that point where it's just like, dear God, let me talk to another human being that doesn't live inside the four walls of my house. Yes. <laughs> and so I think, you know, I think we're all kind of having that, like you're saying, this renewed sense of almost hope of a little bit more optimism of, okay, maybe there is light at the end of this tunnel that last year felt like would never end. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's exactly what I was saying. You said it's so much better than me. Um, <laughs> I'm going off of like zero sleep from last night with a three-year-old no. that wanted to be up all night. So, you know, you, uh, you yeah, <laughs> I feel you. I mean, listen, we work at home. We live at home. We eat at home, we sleep at home. Like there's just, there's no line of separation. And so I know I'm yearning to have 
sophisticated, like intelligent, and sometimes just BS conversations with people uh, that aren't my family. Yes, it's so true. And it's somebody told somebody said something to me the other day that that quite frankly, I'm not a violent person. This is my that's my disclaimer, but it made me want to punch him in the face. Oh we no! Were on a Zoom call. He said. They were like, actually, we no longer work at home. We live at work. And I was like, I, I think I'm going to punch you. I don't know where you're at. I'm going to drive to where you're at and I'm going to punch you. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of true. It really is. It, it it was. That's the thing that bothered me the most was it was just kind of like it took my breath away as to how true it was. It's like, I really don't want to yeah. talk to this person anymore. Yeah. But, well, that that's why I'm investing in making my workspace at home like better and yes. more more healthy for me. So like, you can see I'm moving. I'm I got a standing desk and it's like a game changer. I'm like, yes, I got an active stool that like doesn't sit still because it's supposed to help activate your core. You I'm go. missing jujitsu, Chris, if you're still listening. Um, <laughs> my instructor's name is Chris. <laughs> um, I train at New Jersey Martial Arts, but I have not in full disclosure, even though I had a really competitive year last year. Um, I haven't been back since March because I just don't feel ready to, even though the yeah. gym's open. So hopefully I'll get back to it soon. And all the people who continue to train are just going to kick my butt when I come back. <laughs> like, wait, you got so much better. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm trying to like, I'm focusing on mental health this year. Self-care, meditation, reading, all that fun stuff. It's amazing. It's amazing what uh, how much it prepares you for for other things that you never thought that could be prepared for. As yep. you know, when we're in these, when we're in a leadership position, I think that we're often forced, not forced. We often have the opportunity to give and give and give and give and give. And I think that if we don't take that time to stop and slow down and remember that if we're constantly giving, but we're never filling ourselves back up, then you're going to run out of gas. Yep. And I think that's just, it's so true. Um, well, firstly, thank you so much. This has been no pun intended fire. <laughs> You know, Love you're going to get that every interview you ever do. It's just going to, oh, it's I'm fire. It. <laughs> um, the fire emoji next to my name. Exactly. And I think it's appropriate and I think you should own it. Um, <laughs> you just got to make sure none of your imagery like starts to look like hell, you know? <laughs> no dumpster fires. No dumpster exactly. fires. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on and sharing about this again. I've got the link scrolling below. If you're listening afterwards, um, there will be, it will be in the podcast show notes, teachable.com slash outbound fire framework. That's where you can hear about this amazing, what was it? 10 plus percent booked rate, booked meeting rate from Christina's method. And you can learn about that at teachable.com slash outbound fire framework. I'm telling you it works. It's amazing. Before we go, any last word that you want to leave people with as we're going into 21, 2021? Well, <laughs> I want to follow up with what you said, because if anyone's interested in that course, uh, I have extended a special offer. So it's a $50 course. All Are you kidding January. me? I'm not kidding. I know, Brett. Don't, don't, be, don't be sore. Are you going to come? No, I'm not sore. Punch you in the face moment? No, no I'm not <laughs> sore. I can't. If you are in business development and she's offering this for $50, you are, and Jeffrey Gittimer is probably going to pat me on the back for saying this. You are bad, stupid. If you don't go pick up that course, I love 50 it. 50 bucks. I mean, dear I God in heaven, I'm not mad at all about it. That's incredible. Entire in the entire framework. So, and then I'm also just super responsive. If you have questions, that's just my, my style. 
Uh, I'm not going to say, hey, let's do coaching hours unless it really, really uh, surfaces that it's a coaching opportunity. If you got a question, hit me up. Like, let's talk about outbound. Don't even have to purchase the course. Let's just talk about it. Um, I geek out on it. But yeah, I'll give you the link for that, Brett, if you want to put it in the the notes um, so that people can navigate there if they want to. But yeah, I mean, as far as final thoughts, let's just keep our heads in the game and go strong. but also take care of yourself. So true. So true. Well, with that, I am going to um, let you go here. If you'll just hang out for a few minutes, I'll close this out. And then we will talk about what we're talking about next week. So again, she's going to give me the link for that for 50 bucks. You have got to go pick up that course. If you're in any type of business development, if you're doing outbound outreach right now, She is not paying me for this. There is no affiliate revenue, but dear God, go pick that up. If you have any intelligence about you whatsoever Um, and she'll give me that link for the discount and I'll make sure that on LinkedIn and on the various social media platforms, it's in the comments of the uh, show today. But with that um, next week on Monday, and I am double checking my calendar to make sure I am I've got things right in my head here. Yes, we will have Holly Qualman on and Holly is the VP of marketing with Apex Global Logistics. And she's going to be talking to us about the future of marketing right now, how things are looking for marketing and and growth marketing in the logistics industry. It's a booming industry right now. So I look forward to having her on. She will be on this coming Monday, January the 11th at 2 p.m. Eastern. So make sure to tune in. And with that, I look forward to talking to all of you next time. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for your comments and your questions. And until then, I'm just here to keep reminding you either post value or just don't bother.